uh, one thing about quarter back is trying. There's, it's, you shouldn't be so static or so rigid. You need to be flexible. You try some things, if they don't work, you, and um, you have to be humble enough to say, okay, I think TikTok is not working for us. Let's go back to Instagram reel, or Reels, or let's go back to YouTube Shorts, or let's try YouTube Shorts. That's fine. So it's not something that, it's not, I tell people it's not yay and amen in the sense that it's not a law. It's not static. It's something you can always be flexible about. I wanna cause no problems. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk, but right here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Burkhart with Burkhart Creative Agency, and we are so excited to bring you all different kinds of people who are in marketing uh, that are sharing what they're doing currently that is working, that's helping their business stand out so they get noticed instead of get ignored. And so we've been actually in a, a new season, if you will, of people who are creating content uh, because we really wanted to get a chance to be able to uh, meet people and hear from people who are really at the ground level uh, creating content as opposed to like the CMOs and marketing directors that we were talking to before um, who are uh, more at the management level who are kind of directing the big picture stuff. So we want to be able to have both sides of the same coin, if you will. And so today on the show, we've got Rosemary and she is a content writer, a content strategist. Um, she uh, she does all kinds of things with content, right? And so I'm excited, so excited to have you on the call. Um, like really appreciate you managing all of the time zone differences as you're completely out of country and uh to be able to be on the show today i really appreciate it and so if you could introduce yourself and uh let people know a little bit about you and what you do uh fire away okay thank you steven for having me it's a pleasure to be on your show and um thank you for being so understanding in relation to me trying to get, me trying to tune in today. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, I'm Rosemary, I'm a content writer. First of all, I call myself a content writer before I call myself a content marketer because I think that's the bedrock of my content marketing story. I help B2B companies, I help startups, I help B2C brands manage their content, manage market, their content. So I've been doing this for a few years now, but I've been a content writer for five years now. So it's actually good to be in this niche in the sense that many businesses don't actually know what to do with the content. Many content writers create for them. So I was like, okay, since I understand their problem, which is they don't know how to manage content and they believe that after hitting publish, that is the end. So let me come in, help them distribute, help them repurpose, help them analyze and rinse and repeats because content marketing is a, is a continual process. So that's, let's just say that's the short summary of what I do. So one thing that uh, I kind of heard in there that I wanna explore because I've heard it from a couple of other people but when you were first getting into this, were you kind of surprised about how much companies actually don't know what to do? Like, I, I felt like I was kind of surprised, like you, you, 
you sit down with someone who runs a business and they have they have no idea what they're doing with their marketing or even sometimes marketers have no idea what they're doing with their marketing and it, it was a really shocking to me um has that kind of been some of your experience especially as you first getting started that like you kind of thought they would know more than they did and so you've actually kind of realized that you were very valuable or how was that kind of experience for you yes i was actually surprised because as a content writer i normally go stride for companies I used to be this kind of writer that writes and walks away. I'll write your content. I don't know what you do with it. And I may not really be interested to track it because actually I signed an NDA and my byline isn't in it. So it's not really my consign kind of thing. So I later realized that when I got close to these people, when I improved my freelancer client relationship with these people, they were actually able to open up to me and say, okay, since we've been publishing, we've not really been getting, then I asked myself, I checked some of their websites, actually some of the content and that for, for it not to actually bring in what is needed. So I, I sat down and analyzed the situation and I realized that these people's content marketing ends on their blog posts. And that is it. It ends on the blog post, it ends on the website, and that is it. I wasn't, I won't really say I'm kind of surprised one thing in business is you, you won't know everything. You understand? Most of them are techies. Most of them are into e-commerce. Most of them are into D, DTC and the likes. So I don't really expect them to understand content marketing. And that is where we come in. We teach these people what they don't know. You understand? You, you make it, you simplify it to them for them to be able to understand. But if you find a client who understands and who wants to improve, um, congratulations. And if you find a client who is still trying to grasp what content marketing is actually about, you take the time to teach or to explain the concept or to explain the term to the client. And that person will really understand it because um, everybody actually wants to put in money where they will make something profitable out of it. And for them to make right. something profitable out of content marketing, they have to understand what they are investing into. So it's actually our job as content marketers to explain to these people, okay, content marketing is broader than articles, press releases, um, your company news and the likes. You understand? So it's, it's not, I'm a content writer, doesn't mean I know everything. So I don't really kind of, I'm not really kind of surprised when I don't get it. You understand? So it's something I just have to explain to them. Right. If you could give us a fairly concise definition, or at least your definition of what content marketing is, I think that'd be really helpful, uh, especially since it sounds like some people really don't understand quite what it is. So I know you kind of like mentioned a little bit with articles and stuff like that, but give us a little bit of a definition to give us some structure to what it is that content marketing is. Okay, content marketing is simply let's just say is simply marketing or putting your content out there after you finish creating them. You understand? And I, I tend to tell people that it's not just limited to your website because many people think that content marketing ends on their website. Content marketing is marketing your content like a product. The same way you market your services, the same way you market your goods, the same way you market um, you do affiliate marketing. That's the same way you market the content you produce because we're in a world where if you're not loud enough, 
you won't get heard. And I mean positively louder. I don't say you should go. I don't say I don't subscribe to people doing all sorts of negative things for attention or for clout. I mean properly marketing your content on different content distribution channels. Like um, one, one blog post, you can turn it into two Twitter threads. One blog post, you can create two LinkedIn posts from it. One blog post, you can create two Facebook posts, two or three Facebook posts from it. It depends on how lengthy and how broad the content is. You can also, also create infographics. You can create, um, uh, you can create Pinterest from it. Um, pins for uh, Pinterest and the likes. So it depends on where your audience are. And that thing in content marketing is not just distribution, because if you don't distribute to the right audience, you're just wasting your time, you're wasting your resources, and you're wasting your effort. Content marketing has a lot to do with targeting the right audience. Many people tell you that every channel, every content distribution channel isn't for everybody, and I believe them. And I believe them. Okay, okay, let me tell you something that happened recently. There's a client of mine I was really working with. And um, fortunately, should I say fortunately or unfortunately? Because it's also good and bad news. Because um, um, I tend to stop writing for them so much. And they switch to video content. And video content is doing perfectly. It's just as if they got their... They got, they got their answers through videos, you understand? So um, it's about you understanding how your audience wants to consume content and where they actually are. If your audience relates with TikToks, fine. If your audience relates with YouTube videos, fine. If your audience relates to short blog posts, fine. If your audience relates with... Um, long form content, especially when you're creating pillar posts and the likes, beautiful. So it's about you knowing how they consume, where they consume and why they consume. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been crazy. So we've been um, really just like going uh, 100% into learning everything we can about YouTube. And it's been interesting because we we create like these you know, I call them shorts because YouTube calls them the shorts, but the vertical yes, one minute yes. videos, you know, that you can, you can post them on Instagram reels. Just like reels. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we ended up finding out is that like our, our ideal client is like, like older, right? Like we're talking like forties, fifties. Um, and so when we started looking at it, we're like, you know, our content should be on YouTube on shorts, not so much on TikTok because TikTok is is still much younger. It's not like there's not people yes. who are 45 on there, but there's just a lot less of them. So it's kind of like, if we're going to spend all this work trying to make headway on a platform, why do it on a platform where most of our audience isn't spending a bunch yes. of time? Uh, we should have yeah. it where they are right. spending time. So that's like a perfect example, at least recently for us, where we're like, our stuff needs to be on YouTube. Um, and it's kind of hard because TikTok is such the shiny object right now, but at the end of the day, if it's not for your customer, like if your customer isn't there, isn't engaging yes. or whatever else, then you're just kind of doing it because it's cool, not because it's actually going to like drive revenue. Yes, you're right. And one thing is about uh, one thing about content marketing is trying. There's it's you shouldn't be so static or so rigid. You need to be flexible. You try some things if they don't work. You, and um, you have to be humble enough to say, okay, I think TikTok is not working for us. Let's go back to Instagram reel, uh, Reels 
or let's go back to YouTube shorts or let's try YouTube shorts. That's fine. So it's not something that it's not, I tell people it's not yay and amen in the sense that it's not a law. It's not static. It's something you can always be flexible about. Right. And you find what suits your audience. What do you think is some like, so for example, just to kind of give some context. So for me, like people using TikTok when they shouldn't be would be an example of people doing something they shouldn't do, right? What are some other things that you see people doing that they should not be doing from your perspective as a content writer? Okay. Um, my perspective as a content writer, this depends on the company, the brand and the product. You understand? Um, it's just like um, it's just like a beauty, uh, let's say a, a footwear brand, a footwear brand focusing so much on LinkedIn. Do you understand? Instead of Instagram, instead of TikTok. You see it now? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not saying that people on LinkedIn won't buy shoes, but I'm not coming on LinkedIn to get shoe ads. If I'm coming on LinkedIn, I hope to see ads like um, content management softwares, project management software. Um, you understand things yes. like that, things that are things that are, let's say, related to my niche and the likes. So I don't expect to see um, cosmetic products on LinkedIn. Do you understand right. it? Oh yeah. Yes. So, but when I log on to when I log on, I log into my Instagram or TikTok or even Snapchat. Yes, I see these things. I said, I've conditioned my mind that yes, I'm going to see the latest lipstick I should try or buy from Amazon and the likes. You understand? So every channel, I tell people every channel isn't for everybody. And um, everybody is into your market. If you find your market, if you know your market, if you know your audience and you know where they are. Like, see, let me tell you the truth. People actually say that Facebook is dead. Facebook is dead. Many people are still making money from Facebook because, like you said, many people from their 40s, from their late 30s, many of them are still on Facebook. Many of them are still on Facebook. Right. Because most of them are still finding it hard to navigate TikTok, even Instagram. You understand? So some of them are still on Facebook because... Uh, Facebook is more to them like a community where they get to meet their old schoolmates, catch up with their grandkids, their far relations and the likes. They're always there, you understand, trying to know um, what's happening in these people's lives and trying to catch up on the news. So you have to find where your audience are and stick with what's working for you. Um, People will say this marketing platform doesn't work. Such people you have to like... um, distance yourself from them people say linkedin marketing doesn't work but linkedin marketing works for some people twitter marketing works for some people tiktok marketing works for some people so it's left for you to find where your audience are and invest in these platforms or in these channels right well you know and i think that brings up a great point which i'd love for you to kind of go more in depth on Um, I just happened to see a really incredible uh, Twitter post by you um, recently, Uh, maybe yesterday or at least within the last week, I don't know, really recently, um, where you talked about how you've been spending time on Twitter and you give some like pointers on what people should do 
um, uh, to, to have success on there. And you're definitely owning that platform. You've gotten clients from that platform. So that was, you know, you're literally case in point, uh, you're, you're living what you're preaching right there. And so I would love for you to explain a little bit what your strategy has been as far as social media, which it appears is, is mainly Twitter. Um, wh why did you pick Twitter? Uh, is that just happened to be exactly where your audience is? Cause I feel like Twitter audience and LinkedIn audience is kind of similar. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, why did you end up picking Twitter? Okay. Um, actually I didn't pick Twitter. I've been very active on LinkedIn for going to three years now. So I've been active. Um, let's just say, uh, less than a year ago or like a year plus ago, I was very active on LinkedIn. I have over 3,000, 23,000 community on my LinkedIn. So um, one day and um, I get like 98% or let's just say 95% of my clients aside from referrals from LinkedIn. I told myself, because actually I don't have a website for now. It's still in the works. Um, I've been pretty lazy creating my own website and <laughs> even though I manage <laughs> websites for others. So I told myself, I told myself that I was playing a dangerous game in the sense that this is actually my only source of lead generation. LinkedIn was my only source of lead generation. And I was doing pretty cool on, uh, on LinkedIn. I'm actually doing pretty cool. I do get um, messages of inquiries uh, and then um, deals, projects from LinkedIn. I told myself, okay, I think it's time to diversify and um, be active on other platforms. A friend of mine, she told me about Twitter. She's also, she's she's an SEO content writer. She told me about how she has been using Twitter. I said, okay, prior to that, I've been seeing Link, uh, Twitter as a very vile and hateful place where people get dragged and the lies. But I told myself, okay, let me see if I'll try this platform. But first of all, I have to do a podging. So I started by optimizing my Twitter uh, uh, profile because that's one thing I do whenever I want to make money on any social media platform. I started, I blocked off a lot of influencers because I wanted my feet to be full of only things that I want to learn from. Um, it's no longer playtime. So it's time for business. So I optimized my bio Put the necessary details there, like you can see now. Uh, I followed, uh, let's say, relevant people in my industry, senior editors, content managers, content writers, creative directors, startup founders, CEOs, co-founders, and the likes, and people I know that will value my services and people that will consume my content. Also, I've already identified that these people are the people that I want to work with. So I started adding them myself. And when I started creating content, it, it didn't really do much. You understand? Imagine somebody that has a good presence on LinkedIn. When I post, I get, I get practically zero engagement on Twitter. But I wasn't it that. I knew that every good thing takes time. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me continue. Let me see. I said, okay, let me give this platform six months and see how it goes. In the long run, I actually started liking it. I found myself a beautiful community, Twitter. Twitter marketing community, they were very, very welcoming. They were very helpful. Even while I was transitioning into content marketing, they, they recommended a few, a few books. They recommended a few podcasts, a few um, things, even if I didn't really go the podcast way. 
people to watch out for and the like. So the Twitter has really been good for me. It, it's Twitter. I tell people that Twitter is highly profitable if you mind your business, mind what pays you. If you are not caught up in some drama, just mind your business, create content. If, if, you, if you're a dramatic person, then stick to drama. If you're about the money, be about the money. So I started creating content, building community, because one thing about Twitter is, Twitter is more like a give and take platform. If, if, you, if you spread love, you get love in return. So my perception about Twitter um, changed within a few months when I started meeting reasonable people, when I started meeting empathetic people, people, kind people, people who want to see you grow, people who want to, who are always willing to help you. So the platform is, has been wonderful. It has been spectacular for me. And I'm still very much active on LinkedIn. So I use LinkedIn and Twitter as my source of um, lead generation and where I also learn from. I love the two communities. Okay. So I want to kind of work through your strategy, right? A little bit. So um, are you posting the same content to both LinkedIn and Twitter? Nah. Nah, right, nah. Talk to us about the See, difference. Okay, let me tell you this. Let me tell you the difference. This is where many people get it wrong, especially uh, let's say mid, uh, mid, uh, medium-sized businesses. They believe that once they create one content, they spread it to other platforms. That I might agree with, but to some extent, you can. There's a way you can tell a story in different forms. The way Facebook people consume content is not the way Twitter. Uh, people on Twitter consume content. The same way people on Twitter consume content isn't the way. The same way people on LinkedIn consume content. You understand? On LinkedIn, you might be a little bit professional, uh, add a little humble brags here and there. But on Twitter, you can be yourself. You can be real. You can be hysterical. You can be funny. You can be sarcastic. You can be savage. You can be anything, and you will still find your tribe. You okay. understand? So Twitter is um, uh, Twitter is um, is where you are. You, you don't need to be overly professional. You just be you. you. Just share your story um, in very short tweets, or if you want to put it in a thread, it has to be something very skimmable. But on LinkedIn, if I go on LinkedIn and I say, okay, I want to really learn something about content marketing today, I have it in mind that the, the, the post will belong. You understand? Um, I expect it to read not less than 300 words now that LinkedIn has increased the, uh, the number of characters. So mm. the same way you post on LinkedIn is not the same thing. You can pass the same messages, the same message on these platforms, but not the same way. The message might be the same. The goal might be the same but the approach shouldn't be the same. If not, you get crickets and you might actually get only one platform where that content rightly is working for you. Okay, so yeah, and to your point, like on the, that post that I was talking about that I saw that you had posted on Twitter, you had, you had kind of put like your main thought in the main tweet and then like each, if I remember right, each like bullet point was its own like addition yes. to the thread. Um, in fact, I've yes. heard threads in general is like the current uh, goldmine on Twitter. Has that been your experience as well? Or is that was that just like a way to be able to have a bigger uh, tweet? 
Not really. Um, I think some of my best performing tweets, I have a tweet that, that has close to 600,000 impressions. It was a single tweet. Yes. Yeah. I have another one that is close to 200,000 impressions. That was a single tweet. And this, my recent Twitter thread is my, um, okay, I think it's my fourth highest Twitter impression. I think it's going close to 40,000 impression currently. So Twitter thread, it has to be very insightful, impactful for it to run far. But you can make it like um, last last two weeks, I made, I, I made, I made a comment on, I made a tweet on Twitter and said, Twitter marketing community is better than um, LinkedIn marketing community. And it got close to 200,000 impression. People, uh, people were agreeing, people were sharing their views and the likes. So um, sometimes it's the algorithm. Sometimes I won't, I've not really tried thread. I think I've tried creating thread like three times. But my recent thread is my highest, is my best performing thread. Why my single tweets tend to do numbers? They do numbers. And sometimes they are not even thought out. It's just something that popped in my head. I just said, okay, let me tweet it. And before you know, they go viral. So uh, um, I think I will thread something I'll have to try again. Um, I, I hope to create another thread this week, but that will depend on my schedule. For, that will depend on a lot of factor and people. So um, people are actually waiting for the thread, but I'll create it and see how it goes. So it's not really about imp the impression it will get, although it's actually lovely for people to comment what you put out there. But most times it's, it's not always the goal, it's for you to impact people. The last thread I put out actually uh, got many people in my DM, especially for aspiring or newbie freelancers. Mm. They were asking me a lot of questions and I've not been able to reply all of them. If I do, that means I'll be out of business. <laughs> 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 so I had to, I take it a step at a time. So I won't really tell you that threats, but threats are more, uh, should I tell you that threats are more authoritative it builds you, it, it gives you this, this um, it makes people see you as an authority and it helps increase your, it, it helps increase your social currency. You understand? So because mm -hmm. when people read your thread, they will say, okay, this person actually has something good to offer. They follow you more. Uh, as of last week, I think I got close to 600 new followers. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> humble brag. That's for LinkedIn, though. You got to do the humble brag at LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> although for some reason, I just have this feeling that LinkedIn is probably not the algorithm is probably not going to push a post that says Twitter is better. But you know, either way. <laughs> um, see, let me tell you, the, the posts that actually get visible on LinkedIn are celebrate, uh, celebratory <laughs> posts humble brags, but when you kind of teach people, except if when you have like a large community of freelancers or marketers or writers following you on LinkedIn, that's when your posts tend to like, boom, you understand? But okay, let's just say now, I can make a, a post on LinkedIn talking about content marketing. It might get like 10,000 views, or let's just say 12,000 impression, 
But let me just say, okay, today I'm joining Apple as a content marketing manager. That post will get nothing less than 100,000 impressions. So these are posts that tend to do well on LinkedIn. I don't know why the algorithm promotes celebrate three posts than um, content that people can actually learn from. I'm not saying people shouldn't share their wins, but I just feel that the algorithm is not really that favorable mm. to good quality posts. So you said, so I'm kind of hearing that LinkedIn is more formal, Twitter is a little more informal. So do you, when you're writing, write for Twitter first and then make it more professional? Or do you write for LinkedIn first and then add some personality into it or something completely different? Okay, let me tell you the truth. Um, as you know, I'm a very hyperactive person. Um, it tends to show on my LinkedIn post, if you've been following me. But uh, sometimes I don't share similar things on my Twitter. Most of my tweets on Twitter are spontaneous. There are things mm. I, apart from my threads, apart from this thread, this current thread I want to plan, apart from this current thread I, I intend putting out this week, I don't really plan my Twitter post that much. I don't really put so much thought into it. It's just something that comes to my head and I just tweet it. You understand? Yeah, it's yeah. easier to just type in like um, 50 something characters and that's it. But for my LinkedIn, it's something I sit down and write. I even give bullet points. Like sometimes I do, I do uh, po uh, create short posts on my LinkedIn. I think I put more effort into my LinkedIn than my Twitter because my Twitter is more like, um, you don't have to be so cautious. You don't have to be overly professional. Just be yourself. You understand? But LinkedIn, I just have to, because of the audience, you understand? So if yeah. you understand your audience, you know how to follow them. You know what to give to them. And you know what not to give to them. Although sometimes I do share some of my, the screenshot of my tweets on my LinkedIn. And, it's, and they're actually doing amazing. So I was surprised. That means that my audience actually love the content. And some of them are, have been following me on LinkedIn, on Twitter to learn more because I've been actually more active on Twitter these days than LinkedIn. I just come on LinkedIn, comment on a few posts, learn from a few people, make my post and zoom up and go back to Twitter where I learn, converse and the likes. You understand? Yeah. So for me, I tend to like prefer Twitter more when it comes to community building than LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn, when you send somebody message, a message, the person will feel is palmy, or maybe you want to ask for something. But on Twitter, somebody has been engaging your tweets, the person will say, oh, Rosemary, I know Rosemary. Okay, the person will tend to like have this, you understand, the person will then, you know, the more you, the, you people interact with each other's post, um, you people will feel like, oh, we have something in common. She, she's a content marketer, I'm a content writer, I'm an SUS part, I'm a creative director, I'm a senior editor, you understand? So you, 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 you tend to have this, um, this quick connection on Twitter than on LinkedIn. Okay, no, that makes sense. Um, continuing to speak on uh, Twitter, I know one of the things that you mentioned in that thread, and one thing that I just happened to see just a couple weeks ago, um, happen is uh, Twitter spaces. And so I would love to hear a little bit about um, what you think about it. Because uh, for me, it just kind of seems like a clubhouse reboot, right? Um, since clubhouse kind of seems to be dying a little bit, at least that's been my impression. 
Um, I, I don't see many people talking about Clubhouse anymore. And that kind of seems what Twitter Spaces is. So I'd love to get what your impression is of Twitter Spaces and how you're using it right now. Well, Twitter Spaces have been incredible, especially those hosted by the people in my niche. Hmm. I'm this kind of person. I tend to like, um, I tend to like um, be around my people on Twitter more content marketers and the likes, uh, content managers, senior editors, um, founders of creative agencies and the likes. So Twitter Spaces has been very, 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 very helpful. It puts, it's, uh, there's, there's nothing like a bridge. There's nothing like um, um, Android users or iPhone users, anybody can create a Twitter space if you have a certain number of phones. So it has really been helpful, it has been impactful, it has been insightful. I've hosted, the first Twitter uh, spaces I hosted, I did not get anybody. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Nobody that's how it is. Me. I'll tell you, it was so hurtful because I was so prepared. I was so prepared, I actually wrote things down, the things I would share. Nobody tuned in, I was the only one, I waited for like 20 minutes. Nobody, not even mistake. Ah, I said, wow, geez, this is this is kind of hurtful. Then I just ended the whole thing. But the second one I hosted, boom, um, close to like 63 people tuned in. And that was like um, last two weeks. That was last two weeks. So um, we hosted another one on Sunday, two days ago, and it was actually successful. It's um, my Twitter space. I tend to hold it like every weekend, although I've not decided if it's on Saturdays or on Sundays. We are shuffling between Saturdays and Sundays until we find the perfect time. It's um, right. freelance tales. It's spaces for freelancers to share their stories. It's not really where we come to like uh, be overly professional. It's where we come to share our stories. Like last week, we talked about our best uh, freelance client experience and our worst freelance client experience. So we shared our stories for people to learn from it. We talked about desperation. We talked about um, not having an outline. We talked about contracts. We talked about so many things. It's just where we tell our stories. It's not where we just come and dish out points and go, no. It's where you're allowed to, to be vulnerable. It's where you're allowed to tell people, ah, oh, these are the mistakes I've made. Don't make this type of mistake, especially for the newbie freelancers or for people who are just finding their feet in the freelancing industry. So that is that about that. And it, it's it's going pretty well. Um, the reception is getting it's it's um, it's uh, it's commending, and I know it will grow with time. It's just for me and um, the freelancers who are doing it to be consistent. So that is it. Twitter space is actually beautiful. It's not about, there's no disparity, there's no discrimination, whether you're using an iPhone, an Android. Uh, and I, in my own opinion, I think Clubhouse dropped the ball for not rolling out the Android fashion on time. In, in business, you don't sleep on the bicycle. You don't. You don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was um, a texting platform that I wanted to use. It's called Community. Uh, and it's only on iPhone as well. And I looked it up because I was like, that kind of seems silly. And I was like, I looked it up and it's like um, it's like more than half of phone users in the world are on Android. So it's like if you're not on Android, <clears throat> you're giving up a pretty big market. 
but you know, whatever. Um, I wonder who is advising these people. Who is advising them to do what they are doing? Like, who is advising them to stick to and uh, Apple when Apple is not even actually giving cutting a check for them? So I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I, I really don't know how all that back the back end of that world works, but I know that it it probably killed the platform. So I don't know what deal they worked out, but it didn't work out. Um, Twitter Spaces as uh, Twitter Spaces for me, I think it has come to stay because people are actually using it. Right. People are using oh, it sure. a lot, and it's it's super insightful. It's it's super insightful if you're following the right people and if you are tuning into the right trend. So, so how are you actually? I know they have a recording option. Yes, they, they have do? a recording option now, which is uh, yes. No way. You can That's listen awesome. to our last. Um, Yes, you can listen to our last um, Twitter Spaces. It's on my time. It's on my timeline. You can listen to it. You can record oh, it fantastic. just the same way you are recording this this um, podcast. So it's actually awesome. beautiful. That means they are uh, improving by the day. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, as someone who's also in content, the the fact that I can you can turn that into a gazillion different pieces of content just by having yes. that recording. Uh, that's amazing. Yes. I'm, I'm getting excited about it. <laughs> you, should use so, it. you should try it sometime. I will. I will. Um, so how is it that you're just like kind of to finish up that thought, how is it that you're promoting your, your Twitter spaces feeds, right? Because at the end of the day, like lots of people experience that, like launch into crickets, right? Where like they, they start something and no one shows up and, and like, like you talked about before and uh, you know, everything, you got to start somewhere with everything that you do, right? So you're not going to have just like this booming audience for no reason. Um, but how, how did you end up starting to promote it? Or it just happened that you just were starting to leverage the audience you already had better into Twitter spaces? Or how are you kind of promoting that? Okay. Um, uh, first of all, I've told you, uh, I, tell, I normally tell people that Twitter is like a platform where you get what you put out. Before I created my second Twitter uh, spaces, I told you the first one was a sham. <laughs> it wasn't really that yes. successful because nobody tuned in apart from me. <laughs> so the second one, I did it when, I did the second space when I, I got attention. Let's say when okay. I got deleted cloud. Um, before I did my my second Twitter spaces, I already had like three viral tweets. I mean, when I say viral tweets, I mean tweets that had over 200,000 impressions. Okay. So I was, ha I was having people like, I was having new people, especially freelancers, content marketers, content writers, strategists, SUS parts and the likes. So I said, okay, wow. With the way these people are flocking in, I think this is the right time to launch something like this. Because one thing uh, in content marketing is, is not just to attract, is not just to attract people, is to be able to retain them. So one of the ways to retain these people is to create something that will make them stick around. It's not just about you tweeting. It's not just about you making trade. It's about you giving them a platform where they can share their story. And that's where Freelancer Tales came in. You understand? These people will actually feel happy to join a thread. And my, my thread is this type of thread where I don't have VIPs. I don't, I don't have a click on Twitter. Any content I like, I 
I engage with. I don't have a click. Anybody can speak on my spaces. If you signify, if you have, a, if you feel you have a story to tell, or if you feel you've uh, you are vulnerable enough to share your story with us, why not? So I think this is why people tend to like to be drawn to my spaces, and um, why people are actually engaging in it. People are actually inviting people to join, telling people that okay. You learn a lot of things from there. Like this week, we are going to talk about um, freelance contracts. Yes, it's actually a big topic in the freelancing niche. Uh, okay. Something we are going to talk about this week. So it's, 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 it's a space of just creating something that people will enjoy. You, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you attract people, you create a strategy to retain them. Okay. So for you, what I'm hearing, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I'm hearing, like the content is really just like part one, part two is actually uh, putting in like, like the extra effort to continue to develop and nurture that community, right? Yes. Okay. So that makes so much sense. Because even when you're talking earlier about Facebook, and some people saying Facebook is dead. Well, like how Facebook used to work is dead, but everyone's talking about how well Facebook groups are working and Facebook groups are nothing more than a community. Right. And yes, so it's actually it gives, a community. Use it correctly. Right. And so there's that, that element of like nurturing that community again. And, and I've typically thought about it in, um, an email marketing sense where like if you you know if you start engaging with people you get their information like you email them because then you like are ensuring that you stay top of mind to them but then there's also those but it's just if from for the most part it's like either a one-way communication or just a one-on-one -on -one communication but the beauty of these twitter spaces and facebook groups is is you actually bring value by connecting the other people together too, which I think is really fun. Where it's not just a conversation between you and them, it's a conversation between all of them. Yes, yes. And another thing with Twitter is you have to be very, um, let's just say you have to give what you want to receive. I share people Twitter spaces, even if I'm not, I don't have the opportunity to tune in, to, uh, tweet, uh, tune in all the time. Yeah, my friends in India, my friends in Germany, my friends in the UK, my friends in Australia, if they're having their Twitter space, I tend to share it with my community and I tell my community members to tune in, you understand? So when it gets to your turn, they tend to like reciprocate that action. You see why it's, um, it's more like a ripple effect of what you do. So if, if, you, if, you, if, if you're building a community, you are, that's why I tell people, if you're building a community, you have to like not always think about yourself all the time. Well, that is sound advice, I'd say. It's, uh, you know, and it, it's hard. It's not even necessarily a selfish thing, but what you're, you're constantly trying to figure out, like, what do I need to do next? Like, how do I need to optimize or change or what do I need to do? And it can become very uh, internally focused. Um, yes, I, you're I right. I love what you said there. It's like, sometimes it's good to get out of your head and just worry about caring for other people, even if it doesn't benefit you. And then just kind of, you know, uh, allowing that to kind of like develop almost like a karma, you know, in a way, like what you said, like with Twitter that like, I love that you keep coming back to that. Like what you get, what you put into it is what you get out of it. 
And so um, if you want engagement, you should engage. Yep. So um, uh, I want to respect your time and, and uh, we got to end here pretty soon. But what I wanted to do is kind of finish up if you wanted to give maybe like two to three practical tips for content writers um, of, of you know, kind of based on what you've been learning recently that you would want to tell another content writer uh, to give them some of your advice. Two or three things. Okay. Um, for content writers, first of all, uh, what level are we talking about? Is it entry level or mid level or or just everybody? Let's just talk, um, let's do uh, entry level. Okay, for entry level freelancers or freelance content marketers, one of the first things you have to do is you have to be a voracious reader. Why I keep hammering on being a reader, if you, if you follow my tweet on Saturday, I talked about freelancers dedicating 15 to 30 minutes, uh, freelance writers dedicating 15 to 30 minutes to themselves on weekend to read articles. I don't just mean books, I mean articles. You write for the web, and for you to write better on the web, you have to consume content written by web writing experts. You understand? Okay. So content writing is, um, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. If you don't improve yourself, if you don't brush up yourself, if you don't sharpen yourself, you tend to sound rusty. And when you sound rusty, um, people aren't really going to refer you or they, won't going, they aren't going to be wowed by the content you put out. So for you to be able to, to, to grow as a writer, you have to be a voracious reader. You have to read blog posts. You have to read Twitter threads. You have to read LinkedIn posts from experts or people who you tend to admire their writing processes, people who you know that, okay, these people have tangible results in the industry, in the web content writing industry. So this is what I do. I bookmark a lot of Twitter threads. I bookmark a lot of, um, I save a lot of um, LinkedIn posts and I read them on weekends, not just on weekends. I read daily. I read daily because the mind is as a result of what you put into it. It's not a magical place where magic tends to happen. You understand? So I, um, I was, I was um, in, a, in a coaching and told them that when you see somebody who is spontaneously creative, that person wasn't just creative that day. It's as a result of the investment of the seeds, of the activities, of the learning the person has been doing over the years. So when you see people who write content within 40 minutes, I mean quality content, I don't mean trashy content. Quality content within 40 minutes, within one hour, it's not that day they, they master that art. It's as a result of long-term investment they've been making in, in their craft, in their skills. Take courses if you have to. Pay for them if you have to. I mean, you are your own greatest investment. So you don't always have to look for freebies. Spend money on yourself because when you, sometimes when you commit your money into something, you tend to follow it through. Right. So You're and um, find yourself a community. Find yourself a community. The community helps a lot. There are many things I didn't know that I'm actually knowing now because of this Twitter community and LinkedIn community, especially when it comes to pricing, handling clients, handling um, different types of projects. Find yourself a community because it's the community is not just about what they can give to you. 
community is about how they can transform your mind because the people you consume content from tend to like um have an effect on your mind they tend to subconsciously transform your 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 reasoning you understand yeah. so belong to a community don't be a lone ranger don't be a lone ranger don't just watch from the don't just watch from the sidelines be actively involved so that's all i have to say that i hope you enjoyed having me <laughs> absolutely yeah where can you um just tell people where they can find you we'll be sure to have uh links uh specifically to your twitter and linkedin but just if you could um just tell people where they can find you and where you're most likely to respond okay you can find me on linkedin you can find me on twitter i respond even if it would take me weeks, but one of my golden rules is that I respond to all my DMs. I mean the sensible ones, not those sending me high without saying anything after high. So if you have something tangible, a question or a statement, you can just drop it. I will definitely, if I don't write your response, I send you an audio. That's why I have an audio feature on my Twitter. Do you have an audio feature on your Twitter? Um, I don't know. I think so. I, I've I've sent a lot of people a lot of different audio things, and you know, honestly, that you know that's it's a really good point of what you're bringing up. I've sent a couple of people like audio messages like on LinkedIn, and I have been the first person to send them an audio message or like the first one to send them a video message. It's crazy what people are oh. not doing. Uh, I, mean? I use it. I use it most of the time because sometimes I don't feel like typing, or sometimes I might just feel exhausted. And but I know what I like to say, so I'll just use right. the audio feature. I'll just use the audio feature to answer their. The most important thing is for you to reply people because if you don't reply people, I I believe that you get out of life what you put in. If you don't reply people who are coming behind you, how do you expect your your predecessors to reply you? So it's actually. Um, life, I just tell people life isn't always about you. Empathy matters a lot. Empathy matters a lot. So you, I don't see people an audio into feature. You point towards. Yeah, oh. I have an audio feature. I'll send you an audio or oh, tweet or. Oh, you're so Although cool. mine disappeared a couple of. I wonder if they just tested it or something. But yeah, I don't mine have it on my Twitter at all. I just appears. checked. I just checked on my desktop and I checked on. Uh, my updated my, update uh, yours although some people said they don't have it i don't know yeah, it's but possible I that it. they were rolling it out like in phases maybe my disappeared last week i was looking for it but it, it reappeared this week oh okay cool That's so awesome. i use the audio feature a lot i just tend to like give them a quick review of what i think or just answer their questions and Nice. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you being on and sharing all of your tidbits that it's been, I, it's been super helpful for me. And so I know for a fact that it'll be super helpful for other people and we'll be, we'll be chopping this up and sharing uh, little like uh, tidbits and stuff like that uh, for people. So um, yeah, look forward to that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank of you. Of course. 
wanna cause no problems I just wanna live my life but I keep on hearing about nonsense Me and my dons ain't mobsters But you know when you see imposters We know how to read them faces Same way you know how to read them comments If you wanna talk, let's talk But right here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant